Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The author and finisher of our faith. I don't know how many names you may have. I know that you all have one Christian name, and by that I know you, and all others know you. But you may have other names too, but really they're never used, and they're not necessary. And we perhaps only get them because, well, we have a respected ancestor who had that name in the distant past, and so we carry on the name in our list of names for that reason. But one name is sufficient. One name is enough for any of us. But whenever you come to such a wonderful and glorious person as Jesus, one name is not enough. There's no way it's enough. Such a glorious person as our God and Savior Jesus Christ He has many names. And as you study the scriptures, you find this. He has name after name. He's like a diamond. Many sides to turn and to look at and to get a different glitter and another ray of light that shows some new aspect of the glory of that diamond. And so the names of Jesus are like that. Every name shows a new aspect of his marvellous glory. And as we see that name and study that name, we study him in new light. And we see things that more and more amaze us about him. And in this book of the Hebrews, you have something like that. Paul uses all these different names of Jesus Christ and different titles for Jesus Christ. And I remind you of some of them. A very important one, particularly at the start, is the Son of God. He's called the Son of God. He's called the Ur. The Ur of all things, the Ur of glory. He's called God. He's called Lord. He's called Christ and Jesus. He's called the Captain of Salvation. He's called the great high priest, the apostle and high priest. He's called the forerunner. He's called the mediator of the new covenant. And here is the one that we study this morning, this double-barreled name, author, finisher of our faith. This is a glorious name. And Paul wants us to keep looking on to Jesus like a glorious diamond. But the particular ray of glory that he wants us to view this morning is in this glory of him as author, as finisher of faith. So this is a new name. Therefore we dare not pass over it quickly but we want to think and reflect upon it, looking on to Jesus in this name. 
Now we could look on to Jesus in any combination of his names. In fact, the verse is often quoted, looking on to Jesus, uh, taken out of its context, and looking on to Jesus as high priest, looking on to Jesus as saviour, looking on to Jesus as mediator, and that's all very important, looking on to Jesus as redeemer, as the one vital for your salvation. All of that is true, but what saith the Holy Spirit this morning? He says, look unto Jesus as author and finisher of your faith. You need to look unto him in that capacity. Because, you see, faith is important. It's vital. And the names of the Lord Jesus Christ are not just theological, intellectual studies. They are practical. He takes those names for us so that the name may be for us a shelter, so that the name may be for us useful. He takes the names for his people who has only one name, a one name in his hidden glory that no man knows but he himself. But he takes all these names to bit by bit reveal himself unto us. What does the Bible say about the name of the Lord? It's a great tower, it's a strong tower. It's something practical. A strong tower. You can run into it and be safe. You see, it's not just theological speculation and intellectual heights and your head in heaven. No, it's, it's something that in the trials of your life, you can run into a tower of refuge, a retreat, that precious name. I can run into it and find help, find succor, find what I need in the trials of life. I, I look to him in that name. And so this is a name that we need. This is a name especially that the Hebrews to whom Paul writes need. They are weak in faith. They are contemplating abandoning the race. They are under pressure. They are in danger of going back. They are even in danger of apostatizing and there's warnings against apostasy. So there's this danger to faith. And there are trials. Some of them we have seen in this epistle to the Hebrews. And there are other indications that are yet to be seen as we proceed. They haven't yet resisted unto blood. They haven't yet faced martyrdom. But they may do so. There are difficult days still ahead. There's more chastisements of a heavenly father. As he goes on to explain in this chapter. So there are troubles and trials that are still before us. And this is who we need. Jesus, author and finisher of faith. Author and finisher is a title that belongs to Jesus Christ supremely. Because, you know, he is author and finisher of many things. He never leaves things unfinished, you know. Anything he starts, he completes. The devil doesn't stop him. Even the sins and the infirmities of his people never stop him. He takes account and he plans and once he begins and puts his hand to the work, 
He completes it. He finishes it. Always he does. Our Lord's like that. He's the author and finisher of creation. How he made all things in the space of six days. And as the biblical accounts tell us, the heavens and the earth were finished. They were perfected. They were completed. And all the host of them, the author and finisher of all creation. For by him all things that are made and created, that has been made. There's nothing without him that that has been made, but has been made by him. The author and finisher of creation. He's the author and finisher of redemption and salvation. He said, I have glorified thee on the earth. I finished the work which you gave me to complete. And you remember how he even said it on the cross. It's finished. It's, it's the same root word here. It's perfected. I'm the finisher of the work of redemption. I finished this perfected, accomplished, completed. All that is necessary to be done is now done and finished. But Paul here is not speaking about creation, nor is he speaking directly about redemption and salvation, but he is speaking about something that is vital in a Christian, and without which it is impossible to please God. The very life of a Christian, faith. He's talking about faith, and Jesus is the author and finisher of faith. And that's what Paul has been talking about through all of chapter 11. Didn't we see that? Through faith, Abel, through faith, Abraham, and so on and so forth. All of these people had faith. They had this life of faith. The just shall live by faith. They had this wonderful life of faith. It was the hallmark of the Christians. that They had faith. Varying degrees, of course. Little faith, greater faith, stronger faith. But never, never perfect faith in this life until the end. But they had faith. And it was why they did the things that they did. And it was why they were able to suffer the things that they suffered. Through faith. And by faith. And with faith and for their faith. And Paul is talking about that. But now Paul connects the word. Last of all. Jesus. He's finished talking about all the cloud of witnesses, able to, to the prophets, that great list of named and unnamed warriors. And now, last of all, he connects the word to Jesus. But he doesn't say through faith, Jesus. The way he said through faith, Abel, through faith, Moses, through faith, Abraham. No, when he comes to Jesus, it is author and finisher. Of faith. It's different. The same faith, but a different relationship he bears to it than we do. He's author and finisher of it. He's showing us another worthy, that is true, Jesus Christ, the greatest and worthiest of all, our preeminent and adorable Lord and God, Jesus Christ. He's winding up his talk in faith. By setting our eyes on the Saviour. Looking on to Jesus. The author and finisher of faith. This means more than that Jesus is just a worthy of faith. Some think that's all it means. Here's another worthy Jesus. 
He belongs to Hebrews 11. He belongs to the Hall of Fame. He should be in there with Abel and Abraham and all, all the other ones. But no. Haven't we seen that we left that hall? Haven't we seen that Paul made his exit very quickly? And he just looked at the names on the doors on the way out of the great hall. And he's come out to the hall, out of the hall now. And the hall is behind him. And we're surrounded by this great hall, this great cloud of witnesses. And not one of them we're looking on to. There's a new hall now. A heavenly hall. Not an earthly hall. Well, all these cloud of witnesses labored and served. But there's a heavenly hall now. The heavenly temple. Where the greatest worthy of all is found. Seated at the right hand of God. It's into that hall we go now. And Jesus is the only one in it. He stands alone. Paul is bringing us into a new place. To look at one unique and unrivaled worthy. And it's not just through faith Jesus. Now we see the origin. And the upholder of faith. Jesus Christ our Lord. So he's special. He's unique. None like him in relation to this faith business. What I'm saying is Paul is saying all these worthies are in this hall behind us. But I'm going to talk to you now about the most worthy one of all. Him we have to consider. And we look at him. He's different. He's supreme. He's chief. He gets our faith, our trust, our devotion. He gets our glances of faith. He's the one we look to. Him alone. Jesus only. Didn't we read the Mount of Transfiguration? Didn't the apostles want to make a little hall? Three tents. One here for Elijah. One here for Moses. And one here for Jesus. Oh we can have a great wee hall here. Of worthies. And that just broke the whole, the whole thing up. Elijah and Moses disappeared. And they saw no man save Jesus only. Just him. That's who the Father wants us to look at. So there are plenty of worthies that we have considered. But we don't trust in them. We don't pray to them. We don't look to them. No, we remember them. Yes, we do. We remember them fondly. We keep the remembrance of them. But our devotion is to him to whom they were devoted. Even to Jesus Christ our Lord. So we're looking to him. And it's for him that we lay aside every weight. And the sin that easily besets us. Looking unto him. And it's for him that we run the race. It's for him that we separate from sin and it's him that keeps us from falling, lest you be faint and fall in your mind. It's only him who keeps us from weariness. And so he's the solitary object of our faith and devotion. And he is our focus this morning. So Jesus is not just another worthy, I repeat. He is the altogether preeminent one. And there's none like him. 
And he's in the temple of God. And in the temple of God, he is this. It's not that he was this. They passed hence all these worries, worthies of faith, through faith this, through faith that. And Jesus had faith too. But that's another subject in itself whenever he walked amongst men. But at God's right hand, he is this. Author, finisher of faith. He's bringing something to completion. And it is the faith of all of his people. Christ is that. So he's not just a saint, as the others are. He's the saviour. He's the saving pilgrim who came into this world and was a pilgrim to save us. We're just pilgrims who follow him. He's different. You know that, of course. And so this is something that he is now. And he wants to bring his children with him. Because he says, Behold I and the children which you've given me. He's going to bring all his children with him. He's going to have a great multitude behind him. And he's going to present them all to his father. And he has to present them so that they have faith. They all believe, Father. They all believe that thou hast sent me. And all the words that I ever give them, they receive them. Because they believe that I came from you. And that you have sent me. They believe. They have faith. I have ensured that they have faith. And here they are. As he presents them. Behold I and the children of faith. That you have given me. And to do that. He has to be the author and finisher of faith. Because it can't be left to the will of man. Because the will of man is, is an unbelieving will. Faith is a gift of God. gift of grace. It comes through the grace of Jesus Christ. So the two important words are author and finisher. That's like Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. Those are divine titles, aren't they? We see them in Isaiah. We, see them, we saw them in our studies in the book of the Revelation. Jesus says, I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the first the last. And here's just another form of that here. Author and finishers. It means the same thing. The originator, the completer, the perfecter of all. That's Jesus Christ. That's God's son. And he's the author and finisher. What does our translator say here? Of our faith. Our faith. Now this word author, we've already seen it in Hebrews. Because... Whenever he, he's called, Jesus is called the captain of our salvation. This is the word that's used, author, the author of our salvation. It's only used of Jesus. It's also used in the Acts of the Apostles. It's used by Peter. Whenever he was talking to the Jews, he said, You killed the prince of life. It's this word, captain, author. You killed the author of life. You delivered him up. He who is the source of life. He who is the prince of life. He who brings life. He who is life. He who is the life giver who give us our life. Our created life and our redeemed life. You killed him. And in the mystery of the incarnation you could kill him. 
who is the Prince, the author of all life. It's only used of Christ, this name. And in chapter 5 of Acts verse 31, him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince. The same word, an author, a captain, and a saviour. In other words, Jesus Christ is the source of life. He's the source of salvation. And he must therefore be the source of faith. The author of faith. That's how important faith is. That's how difficult faith is. True faith. It needs a divine creator. To originate it. And that's Christ. And that the word source and author is the right interpretation of the word. Is seen by the other per finisher. Because that definitely means completed, perfected, ended. So the first one obviously means source and originator. And finisher and completer. It makes a per. They're inseparable. It's not that, you know, faith is born of yourself and by your free will you create faith and then the Lord helps it along, helps it along and maybe brings it to completion one day. No, no, that's not what is taught here. The very spark of true faith. He's the divine author of it. And the perfecter of it as it grows and comes to completion in the glorified church of God. And so he's the one who perfects, completes. The verbal form of perfect occurs, for example, in chapter 12, verse 23. The spirits of just men made perfect, made complete. That means that they have been made sinless in heaven. So he's the one who makes them sinless, makes them complete. But in regard to this matter of faith, he is the one who raises our faith to perfection, who makes it grow. He's the only one who sustains our faith. And you have all these examples in Hebrews 11 that we studied, all these nice patterns. And Jesus Christ himself is the highest pattern. But he is the one who made them those patterns. He's the one who put every one of them there in the hall of faith, the author and finisher of faith. He's the builder of that great hall of people of faith. And every one of them he brings to glory through the faith of the gospel. What I'm saying, congregation, this morning is we have little faith. And our faith is often tried. And we often wonder, what are we going to do? I can't sustain this anymore. I can't carry this out anymore. I can't continue this anymore, this faith business. We need someone to sustain it and to sustain us. Moses needed that. Joshua needed that. They all needed it. And Moses and and Joshua, they, they couldn't provide it. They couldn't give the faith. I mean, that's what happened in the wilderness, wasn't it? Moses led them in the wilderness and the prayers of unbelief. If he could have sustained their faith, he would have, but he couldn't. Moses doesn't sustain her faith. Joshua doesn't sustain her faith. Only Christ, looking on to Jesus, he's the sustainer. 
He's the one who keeps you from turning back. He's the one who keeps you on the path. Believingly on the path. Just Jesus. And only Jesus. And that's what I'm saying this morning. And you're feeling the weakness of faith. And the greatness of unbelief. There's a tower to run into. It's Jesus Christ. Willing to help you. Able to assist you. In the sustaining of your faith. And that's what this means. So he's the one who who does all of this. He who has begun a good work in us will perform it, will accomplish it, will perfect it. But we have to keep looking to him, you see. This is what Paul is saying. This is why he uses this verb, look, in the context of this name. Keep looking. No matter how you feel, no matter how many times you've been overcome by sin, no matter how feeble and frail your faith is, No matter how great are the mountains and the hill difficult that you have to go over in the marathon of the Christian race. Keep looking onto this high tower. The sustainer of our faith. Jesus Christ. I give you three examples of what I'm trying to say this morning from this passage of scripture. You remember that the Lord Jesus taught about forgiving our brethren and those that offend us. And sometimes that can be hard enough. I mean, after two or three times, we're really hardy about the matter. But if they keep offending you, it gets more difficult, doesn't it? The apostles, they ask, well, how, how much do we have to sustain this, Lord? And, and how many times do we have to forgive our brother? He says, if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. So seven times a day, your brother hits you a slap, and says, sorry, every day, seven times a day, that would try your faith, and God's word and obedience to it. You know what the disciples said after that, whenever Jesus said that? You know what they said? Because they felt it. That's difficult. That's hard. Who can do that? They said, Lord, increase our faith. Our faith in your word, our faith in your ways, our faith in your will, which runs so contrary to our flesh. Increase our faith. So they're coming to the author and finisher of faith and they're saying, Lord, increase our faith. And child of God, you're going to have to pray that. Looking on to Jesus, praying that, Lord, thou art the author and finisher, increase my faith here. Sustain it, Lord, through this hard time. So that's one example. And then you remember Peter who no doubt thought he was a man of great faith and wanted to walk on the waters to go to Jesus. And he did walk on the waters to go to Jesus as Jesus invited him. He didn't dare do it without a word, but the Lord then gave him a word and he stepped out and he seemed to walk on the waters for a little bit. But then faith began to weaken. 
as the boisterous storm he viewed and heard the waves slapping up around him even though he's a fisherman he was a strong swimmer but he kind of forgot about all of that and he began to go not that he dropped in a heap but I think he went down slowly, slowly, slowly and the faith and continued to decrease as he went down slowly, slowly, slowly and then as he's about to maybe go too near to the water he reaches out and he says Lord save me that's looking to the author and finisher of faith that's looking to the one who sustains that sinking faith in the storm you think you have strong faith people of God but the trial of faith shows how weak it really is but Jesus is always there to look to and Peter looked to him and he immediately stretched forth his hand and caught him and said, Oh, thou of little faith. You've just got little faith, Peter. But I'm encouraging it. I'm raising it up. I'm lifting it up. So you be stronger the next time, Peter. You remember this. And then that, that account that we read at the Mount of transfiguration and not the foot of it. Remember that difficult case? When there's demons involved, there's always a difficult case. And there are many sinners that are in the grip of the devil. And everyone's a difficult case. And the apostles felt the difficulty of the case and they weren't able to do anything about it. And they spoke to the Lord about that afterwards and that's where he began to talk about them, about the need of fasting and prayer. But the father of the child, Jesus said to him, all things are possible if you believe, if you have faith. And you know, and that poor man, he didn't have much help by the apostles or by the crowd. And he's not getting much help for faith. He hasn't been in a very good environment where he's been encouraged in faith and where he's grown in faith. I mean, the foot of the Mount of Transfiguration is not a good place for the encouragement of faith. It's when Jesus comes down. That's when it's all changing. We need Jesus to come down and transform our faith. And then this man said, Lord, I do believe. But then he was wondering, do I? And is my faith strong enough? And can I believe for this? So he feels the weakness of faith while he makes a confession of faith. And we are the same people of God. Every week we say, I believe. I believe in the Father. I believe in the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. We confess our faith. And we confess we believe. But we also know inside us we struggle with doubts and unbelief. And this man felt that. But there comes down from the right hand, from the glorious ascent, comes down to us the glorious Redeemer, the author and finisher of faith. And so he prays to the right one, doesn't he? I believe, help thou my unbelief. He looks to the author and finisher of faith, and Jesus sustains his faith and brings him through. So this means asking Christ for the increase of faith. It means prayerfully 
and obediently and consistently using the means of grace. Because faith comes by means. Yes, through Christ, but he uses means as we know. And in our prayer to him to increase our faith, we also must obediently use the means of the increase of faith. Faith comes by the hearing of the word. It's the word of Christ which sustains our faith. It's the word of Christ which increases our faith. It's the word of Christ that brings our faith to perfection. It's no good pretending to look to Jesus and you're not obeying the means and using the means and hearing the word. And as you hear the word looking to him, not to the minister, but as you hear the word looking to him to give you the increase of faith. So in this house, only Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of faith. This preacher is just a preacher of faith. It's the grace of Jesus Christ that increases it in you. You must look to him. Him alone. Don't come here for any man. Come here for Jesus Christ. So look to him. And to him alone. And to him along with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Be all glory. Amen.